Well, good morning. Welcome to Directional Bible Ministries. My name is Dwayne. Uh, this is a teaching ministry that is called to encourage, disciple, and challenge the people of God. Uh, today is August the 13th, and we continue to work our way through the book of Acts. We are currently in chapter number 15. So let's go ahead and uh, open up our Bibles there, and we'll pick up our study today. Um, let's see. Here we go. Uh, this is where I put the studies up on the book of um... All right, there we go. Acts chapter, let's see, we're going to start our little timer today so that I keep it the way it should be. Okay. Um, last time we were together, we uh, got down through verse number 19, if I am right. Verse number 19. Um, yeah, let's see. Uh, of course, we know that um, uh, this is the council in Jerusalem. Paul and Barnabas had come down at the prompting of the Church of Antioch to share uh, what God was doing among the Gentiles. Of course, Paul and Barnabas had just wrapped up their first missionary journey. And, of course, the gospel of grace was revealed to the Apostle Paul. We know that by now um, because he had already been sharing it with these churches in Asia Minor. Um, I'm having confusion here because... My uh, my monitor somehow got flipped. I don't know how that happened. Let me see if I can fix it real quick. <laughs> uh, you get uh, let's see desktop all displays. Um, there we go. Bring the Bible back here. Okay, now I'm good to go. Um, so they're now in Jerusalem, as we have been talking about. Uh, Peter was the first one to stand up, and he began to talk about what God was indeed doing among the Gentiles by his own mouth in Acts chapter 10, which was about 10, 11 years earlier when he went to Cornelius. Um, and then, of course, uh, uh, at that point, James stood up, and uh, James took over the conversation. And uh, he says, after they had held their peace, in verse number 13, James answered, say, men and brethren, hearken unto me. Simon hath declared how God at first did indeed visit the Gentiles to take out of them a people for his name. And, of course, that happened in, in uh, Acts chapter number 10. And then James begins to reach back. Uh, and to this, the words in verse number 15 of the prophets, so he's referring to an Old Testament prophet who we know to be Amos, as is written after this, I will return and build again the tabernacle of David. So he's quoting a messianic prophecy from the prophet Amos, which has fallen down, and I will build again the ruins thereof, and I will set it up that the residue of men might seek after the Lord. And of course, that residue of men we talked about that, the remnant of Edom, the residue of men, or it, 
the way it should be translated is or could be is the resident or remnant of Adam, which is referring, which is saying during the millennial reign of Christ, God will use the Jewish people to reach the residue of men that will seek after the Lord and all the Gentiles upon whom my name is called, saith the Lord, who doeth these things. And of course, what James is doing here is pointing out the fact that God had always indeed planned on reaching the Gentiles. And of course, ideally, God wanted to reach the Gentiles through the Jewish nation. Ideally, the Jewish nation should have repented at the offering of the kingdom at Peter's preaching in Acts chapter number two. And at that point, you know, seven years of tribulation, second coming of Christ, establishment of the God's kingdom upon the earth, and God would have used the Jew to reach the Gentile. Um, James is talking about the kingdom. And then in verse 7, number 18, known unto God are all his works from the beginning of the world. In other words, what James here is saying is though through the preaching of the kingdom under Peter or the preaching of the king, uh, of grace under Paul, God knows what he's doing and the Gentiles are going to be reached. In other words, he's saying, we've always known that God was going to reach the Gentiles, and obviously he's going to reach them through the Apostle Paul. And then he says in verse number 19, Wherefore, in lieu of this, my sentence is that we trouble not them, which from among the Gentiles are turned to God. So James now is given a summation about what needs to be done in regards to the Gentiles that had come to faith under the preaching of the, of the gospel of Paul. And it's obvious from what he says in the next verses that he is referring to the Gentiles who, again, again, came to faith under the gospel of grace because it is all about them not having to keep the law. The Jews were never pardoned from the law under the gospel of, of the kingdom. And if any man could speak about this, it would be, um, be James. This is James, the half-brother of Jesus. This is James, the one who penned the, the book of, of James. And I'm currently watching a video on that. Um, it's a teaching um, that uh, Scott told me about. Um, I'm trying to think of the guy's name. Scott Clark. Scotty Clark, I think is his name. And it's talking about how that James and... Um, and the gospel grace are, are incompatible. Okay, so if anyone knew that <laughs> that the, there was a difference between what the apostles were teaching and what Paul was teaching, it was certainly James. But it is apparent here that the apostles at this council in Jerusalem realized that God was indeed doing something through the apostle Paul. And it was something that was outside of the prophetic program. It was literally another dispensation. It was another way of God dispensing His grace on men to the Gentiles through the Apostle Paul. He realized that. And um, so this is what he says. He says in verse number 20, but that we write unto them that they abstain from pollutions of idols and from fornication and from things strangled and from blood. For Moses of old time hath in every city them that preach him being read in the synagogues every Sabbath. So James is going on to recommend thing, these things because he feels that these things would be a stumbling block. These things would be such an offense 
to the Jews that these new Gentile believers need to stay away from these things. Um, they would find them to be highly offensive. And why would they find them to be highly offensive? Because they were still very much under the law of Moses, both the believing and the unbelieving Jews. Both the, 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 the believing Jews who had accepted the gospel of the kingdom were still very much under the law of Moses, as were the unbelieving Jews that at this point had already rejected the gospel of the kingdom. And he's saying that these would serve as a distraction if Paul and those who responded to this new gospel of grace were to violate them in front of the Jews. Um, notice he says in verse number 21, For Moses of old time hath in every city them that preach him, being read in the synagogues every Sabbath day. In other words, the Jew is still very much involved in the synagogue. The Jew was still very much involved, those in Jerusalem, in the temple. And they are reading the Law of Moses uh, every Sabbath day. So it's still at the forefront of the Jewish mind. So therefore, these new believers, these new grace believers, need to bear, bear this in mind when they are around these Jews, that these things in particular are offensive to them. And these things could serve as a roadblock um, for um, the, the work of the ministry that God has set before Paul and those who would follow him. And notice, this is what Paul meant in 1 Corinthians 8, 13. Wherefore, if meat make my brother to offend, I will, not eat, I will eat no flesh, while the world standeth, lest I make my brother to offend. So the whole point here and what James is saying and the result coming out of this council of Jerusalem is we do not need to, for no reason, offend our brothers. And, of course, those brothers that he's referring to is both kingdom believers and grace believers, but the ones he's referring to there is the kingdom believers because they were still very much under the law. And then notice verse number 22. Then it pleased, then pleased it the apostles and the elders and the whole church, and, of course, this is referring to the church in Jerusalem, to send chosen men of their own company to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas, and namely Judas, surnamed Barsabas, and Silas, chief men among the brethren. Now, first, you know, as we've been studying, and if you take a course in ecclesiology, you're going to get a lot out of <laughs> what's going on here in the book of Acts, um, especially in 15 onward. Uh, we've seen here that the apostles, Paul and Barnabas, were sent out by the Church of Antioch. We've seen that they were accountable to the Church of Antioch because when they wrapped up their first missionary journey, they went back and gave a report to the Church of Antioch. And now we are seeing a, a bit more of congregational style of government here in that the Church is acting um, autonomously. They're not working with other churches they are acting in an autonomous fashion here. So we see a bit of congregational style government here, if you will. Uh, but we certainly see um, the autonomy of the local church being played out here. And, and I, I think it's safe to say that there's a pattern um, here in the book of Acts, particularly here 
in um, you know uh, this mid Acts chapter fifteen fourteen area. So we do see a little bit of ecclesiology here, a little bit of missiology here, um, and then second we're introduced to Silas. Silas for the very first time. And he would become, he's also referred to by Paul as Silvanus, um, but it, it's Silas. Um, he would become very important to Paul as early as verse number 36, <laughs> because when we get down into Acts uh, chapter number 36, and some days after Paul said unto Barnabas, let's go again and visit our brother in every city where we preach the word of the Lord. And see how they do. And Barnabas determined with them to take with them John, whose surname was Mark. But Paul thought it not good to take him, who departed from them in, from Pamphylia and went not with them to the work. And the contention was sharp. So we talked about this. John Mark, for some reason, bailed on them uh, back when they were going through Perga, um, <clears throat> Pamphylia, that area on that first missionary journey. Um, up in the churches of Asia Minor, for some reason, John Mark bailed. And we don't know why they bailed, but obviously, whatever reason it was, Paul was not happy with it, and Paul was not really willing to invest in him again. So they had a contention. And of course, some, some say that John Mark was Barnabas's nephew. I don't know about that. I'm still studying that. But obviously, Barnabas found reason to forgive John Mark for bailing, and he wanted to take him. So instead, we end up with Paul and Barnabas separating. Paul goes with Silas, that we're introduced here, uh, and Barnabas heads out with John Mark. So I think uh, sometimes the best of things sometimes happen in church life due to conflict. <laughs> Just go our separate ways. Um, so... We see a bit of congregational-style government here, and we are introduced to Silas, which would lead to two missionary teams heading out when we get down into verse number 36. This verse is also notable because it makes it very clear that the 12 were in agreement with Paul and the grace gospel. I mean, so obviously they knew what was going on. They were in agreement. You, you know, you've got Peter... James and John, they're, they're in agreement here about what's going on. So they knew what Paul, they knew the grace gospel. They knew, it doesn't mean they understood it. Peter would later write that Paul writes things that are hard to understand. I don't think they had as good a grasp on it as Paul did, but they were wise enough to realize that God indeed had called Paul as a missionary to the Gentiles. Now, notice also I got this comment here. This verse is also notable because it makes it very clear that the twelve were in agreement with Paul and the God and the grace gospel that he taught to both Jew and Gentile. And and understand that Paul did teach the grace gospel to Jew and Gentile. Now the the apostles only taught the kingdom gospel to the Jew. Now, of course, they did preach it to Gentiles who were proselytes. Uh, but they did not teach a grace gospel. They never taught a grace gospel. It's an and it's imperative that we understand that if we're going to rightly divide the New Testament. And this is where there is so much confusion, where I, for so many years, was confused about the New Testament. I didn't rightly divide it. I mean, there were 
I was even reading J. Vernon McGee the other day. And J. Vernon McGee was, was a dispensationalist, but he was a Presbyterian, so he was kind of an oddball. But even he, in his comments on what is going on in the book of Acts, he even mentions this was the offer of the kingdom. This was the rejection of the kingdom and the raising up of Paul to go to, to the Gentiles. But he never made the connection that between the kingdom church and the 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 grace church or the body of Christ. But he he did teach in his book uh, that there was a difference between the kingdom gospel and the grace gospel. Um, so notice it says here, um, this is apparently obvious in that they sent Jude, Jude and Barnabas, Jude, Judas, named, surnamed Barnabas and Silas, chief men among the brethren with him. Now, Barsabas and Silas, I mean, were obviously kingdom believers. They were coming out of the church at Jerusalem, which means they had been converted under the kingdom gospel. Now, that's caused me to do some thinking. Um, while I do believe that during this exclusive period of time, so we're not in this time where the kingdom gospel and the grace gospel are being preached simultaneously. And, well, in many ways we are. They're being preached as one, <laughs> which, which is no gospel at all, according to the Apostle Paul in the book of Galatians. But we are not living in a time where they're supposed to be taught at the same time. Uh, during this time, they were being taught at the, at the same time, and one could respond to both. Uh, obviously, Paul responded to the kingdom gospel, then was the first to respond to the gospel of grace. Um, and I believe here, Barsabas and Silas, especially Silas, uh, would respond to the grace gospel um, the question is, would one move from uh, the reward or, you know, if one moved from the kingdom gospel, would he be, would he still remain a part, would he still remain Jew, would he still remain in the prophetic program, would he still, um, you know, be a part of the kingdom program, or would he transfer over into the body of Christ and the heavenly, the the spiritual program. I I don't think I think they stayed where they were converted, um, and that leads to the conversation whether or not Paul is going to be, I guess, futuristically in the kingdom program, or is he going to be in the body of Christ program? Um, you know, well, that's something that I still need to study. Uh, some would say, no, Paul forever remained a Jew. And some say, no, Paul was the, the, um, he was the exception and that he was the first to be converted. He was the one that gave it. He's, and if you look in the book of Revelation, Paul was never called to the Jew. He was always called to the Gentile. His name is not on the foundations and the, and the gates. And, you know, he's not part of that program. He was, never meant to replace Judas, that was Matthias. So you can go in that program, in that argument, saying Paul was the only exception to that. But most will agree that you don't move from one program to the other. In other words, if Barnabas and Silas were came to salvation under the kingdom program, they stayed in the kingdom program, even if they accepted 
the the grace program. The same thing with James and Peter. You know, even though they did come to faith in the kingdom program, uh, and they embraced obviously what Paul was preaching in regards to the grace program, they were still part of the kingdom program. So I hope your head's not exploding there, but it is something that you got to kind of walk through for it to make sense. Uh, I believe that they stayed in the program that they came to faith in, is my personal opinion. I could be all wrong there, and I'll just keep studying, and we'll find out. And then notice in verse 23, and they wrote letters by them after this manner. The apostles and elders and brethren send greeting unto the brethren which are of the Gentiles in Antioch and Syria and Cilicia, for as much as we have heard that certain which went out from us have troubled you with words, subverting your souls, saying you must be circumcised and keep the law, to whom we gave no such commandment. In other words, we, we never said that. That did not come from Jerusalem. Whoever's saying that to you, uh, please know that you know it did not come from us. Uh, so the council denies sending out any words that would indicate that the Gentiles should be circumcised and keep the law. So I think I've, I've uh, ran out of time uh, this morning. Um, but um, tomorrow I'll pick up in verse number 25. So anyway, I hope you enjoy going through the, the Bible with me each and every day. I literally am studying a day ahead. Uh, I am loving this. I'm being challenged by this. Um, I uh, Someone gave me a neat resource um, the other day. Um, it was uh, Brother Scott. Um, let's see what that was. It was um, on YouTube. There's a, there's a neat um, a Bible teacher that I ran across. Um, let's see, let me put this here. As you know, I'm putting up my videos each and every day here. Um, ooh, I got a new subscriber. <laughs> Not many folks go to the YouTube channel. Uh, got far more hits on the, uh, on the, uh, SoundCloud, on the Apple podcast thing than I do on that. Uh, but let's see, there's a, there's a video here. Here we go, this guy here. Um, I've really been listening to him. Uh, that's Rodney Blue, and that's him, obviously a younger man with hair. Uh, but this video here, I would encourage you to check that out. The Great Paul and James Debate, Rightly Divided. Um, I would encourage you to check that out. Scott Clark is his name, and um, Scott Hunt. Um, I think, hey, Scott, um, actually told me about this guy. Uh, I really enjoyed listening to this uh, teaching here, uh, Who Was Graft Into Israel. I would encourage you to check that out. And again, I haven't listened to everything, but I am listening to this one right now. And I uh, am listening uh, to the great James uh, Paul debate. So I'd encourage you to check those things out. So anyway, guys, God bless you. Hope that you have a great day. Remember how much God loves you, wants the best for you, and he's working all things out for your good.